Gene, I feel like I can always waffle forever about just about anything and go like, I probably shouldn't, but you know, that's why I made sure I had a couple of beers. It's a fucking skill, man. Welcome to the Midlife Punk Podcast. Um, feels a bit weird, this. It's my first time uh, podcasting, first time recording my own voice, uh, talking about uh, punk, the very wide spectrum, uh, that genre that I think, if you're listening, you are into. Um, what? Why are we here? Uh, why is it called what it is? Um, you know, I'm I'm 35 years old. Uh, I, I got into punk... Um, Thanks to Green Day. Um, I'm a bit too young to have been in the 77 scene and the 82 scene. In fact, I wasn't even born. Um, and when I was a young lad getting into punk, I got really sick of all the old, the old punks telling me I wasn't really into it and I didn't know what it was about and I wasn't there first time round and it really got on me tits, frankly. Um, so what I want to do is try and promote bands that I like, bands that I know, bands that I don't know. I want you guys to contribute. Send stuff into the Facebook page, uh, Punk Rock, uh, sorry, Midlife um, Punk Podcast. Uh, just give that a search, look out for a grey version of the Black Flag logo. Um, I'll interview bands, I'll play some of their songs, um, and I'll also play some uh, more established uh, punk uh, tunes that I've got in my collection. I'm going to use vinyl when I can, uh, but if not, I'll, I'll use CDs or, or stream uh, obviously, um, I don't want, uh, you know, record labels, lawyers banging me door down. Um, so it's going to be mainly labels that don't exist anymore. Bands that I know that I can ask, uh, permission from. Um, because for example, I wouldn't want, uh, Greg Ginn from Black Flag banging me door down. Um, so that's why I have chosen to play this version of My War, uh, a Black Flag song that was put out by Henry Rollins um, on his Benefit album uh, to raise funds for the West Memphis Three. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I think it's uh, many ways superior to the original. So uh, we'll play that and then we'll get to the uh, interview with Joe Atom, um, who is the only... Uh, continuous member of Derby Pop Punk Veterans, uh, The Atoms. Um, he's going to be talking about 20 years of the band, uh, covering as much ground as we can in about an hour. Um, and yeah, I hope you find it interesting and enjoy it. And I hope you find some, some music that you like. Um, please send me stuff about releases, about gigs, about new bands you've formed, 
the stuff you want me to talk about you know let let's let's have discussions it's not just about me um but this bit is and here's my choice of song which is my war by henry rollins and his band cheers Joe, lead singer, 
um, King Main Man of the Atoms. Um, hello, Joe. Hello, Tom. How are you today? Hot and bothered? Uh, yeah, great. In, in Indoors. Yeah, fucking boiling. Um, right, thanks for agreeing to do this. It's probably going to be a fucking piece of shit. Um, but we'll give it a go. Um, because pubs don't look very much fun, do they, when they reopen? So, give me, if you can, a potted history of the atoms from 20 years ago to now. Oh, shit. Uh, you know what? I really wasn't actually prepared to be asked any questions. <laughs> um... Uh, I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll narrow it down a bit because that's a bit of a broad question. What 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 year was the atoms formed? Oh, it, this year would have been our twentieth anniversary. So we, we, I think, yeah, we formed in the year two thousand. That's a nice yeah. round number, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was that. Anyway, it was a long time ago, and um, I, I was uh, squatting above the Rainbow Center, a kind of hippie anarcho centre in Nottingham because uh, they were <laughs> they were evicting my friend at the time ironically enough so I went up there to uh, squat it with him to uh, fight the uh, anarchists to keep a roof above my friend's head um, yeah and we just had an insane amounts of room we had probably about 40 rooms in the building and uh, I managed to break up my previous awful band and decided that uh, it was just too stressful being in a serious band so I just went in the formed this band and my friend just so happened uh, that his girlfriend at the time was uh, Jess who owned a Screeching Weasel album stopped playing the drums so I basically bullied her into playing drums nice. um, my friend uh, in Ilkiston Jimmy was uh, <laughs> he, he was more into art punk and Fagazi and stuff like that but I managed to bully him into playing guitar for me and uh, yeah yeah, so I went and f formed a band, and that's that seven. Just sorry, just something that, that's popped in my head. You said awful band previously. What what band was that? Uh, um, I was I was in a band for probably about five years before that one uh, called Hectic, imaginatively nice. with the uh, Operation Ivy uh, style writing named after that with a a couple of guys in a. A squat in Ilkeston that we we lived in and practiced. And we did we did several gigs and whatever, but uh, I think we were trying to be the most serious, like right-on political band without having an absolute clue about what we were talking about. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I wish I had some audio evidence. There's some somewhere, but it was only some four-track recordings. But uh, well, look, yeah. I, I, I'm going to put it out there now. If anyone can get um, hectic, not the Operation IVP. Um, Joe's Joe's band. You know, if anyone's got any evidence of that, happy happy to uh, hear it. Gratefully received, um, and maybe maybe we can get get that from somewhere. Right. Yeah, it was a lot more coloured and spiky with the and tartan trousers and all that punk <laughs> stuff back then. But, yeah, dead punk. Well, you got me coming up for a twenty five years anniversary. I'd get them back together if I was you. Um, oh yeah, union. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we've got you. What were you doing in this first incarnation then? Uh, I played bass and sang. I was uh, there was a band, the Anti-Social Workers, that turned into Fallout Forty, I believe. I don't know if you ever heard that name around, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 
when, when they formed, um, I, I had a brief stint in college because I just didn't want a job, so I signed up to college. Uh, and I ended up playing, I was the first bass player in that band. Um, and basically, I just couldn't handle, uh, and it's, it's really embarrassing looking back at it, how, uh, how posh it was of having band practices. Then it was like, oh, should we go and swim in Daddy's swimming pool afterwards? This is very nice. And I'd, I'd kill for that now. I'll be honest, that sounds like a dream come true. But back then, with my spiky hair and my tartan trousers, it just wasn't punk. So uh, I, I left the band, bearing in mind I'd only owned a bass for this point for about two months, uh, and decided to form my own band. So I did, without any knowledge of being able to play or sing or anything. And, uh, and that's what that's what Hectic was, was a, <laughs> a massive uh, learning curve of how to... Not being a band, I suppose. Hailed by Chaz from Lightyear as the most punk gig he ever seen because we got thrown off stage after about two songs by the sound man. And then I threw my bass and accidentally, well, he just missed the drummer's head, almost killing him. It was, and the drummer was throwing the monitors about. It was, it was hilarious looking back at it. Fucking it was hell. absolutely fucking stupid. Yeah. We might have to do, yeah. do another whole episode on Hectic yeah, well, at a later yeah. date get the lost tapes and, and get them on. Um, yeah. So get Chaz talking head on it. <laughs> we'll get it. We'll get, um, fucking Henry Rollins and Ian Mackay as well. Cause they're on everything. Um, oh, mate, it's like, it's like the whole first Ramones gig. Everyone says they were there. You know what I mean? But the, yeah. the, 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 the room of the rock house, it wasn't looking particularly busy that night. <laughs> the rock house. <laughs> um, Look, so, all right, we've gone from Spiky Air. When did we go to uh, Greaser style? <laughs> um, and was there a change in music at that time as well? Well, I'd always listen to more poppy stuff, I guess, to some extent. But I think we're just trying to be serious and trying to do it. Essentially, I was, you know, like, it's weird looking back now. Obviously, I'm older, just blatantly know better. But, you know, I was 16 years old in a squat trying to form some kind of weird political crusty band and I was a very serious uber angry person and basically not to get too heavy about it I just about had a full on breakdown and, and it was just I just couldn't take how uh, I, I was I was smoking a hell of a lot of weed at the time as well uh, amongst other things and, uh, and it just I don't know I was just walking I remember just I, I ended up back living in my uh, mum's spare room at her, uh, her hand and boyfriend's house for uh, briefly and I think I just had some uh, listen to the Ramones and, and it just tweaked and I was like, you know what? That's what I want to do. That's it just the stupidity and how much it just kind of genuinely made me smile and cheer me up. I was like, that's that's what I want to be doing now. That's loads better. And uh it was more of a more of a, <laughs> a therapeutic thing to uh go off the walls and write some stupid songs. That sounds legit, you know, and, and, and smoking loads of weed sounds like a very hectic thing to do. It sounds like it fits the hectic <laughs> image. Um, so I lived in a, in a trampy squat, smoking weed, playing in some crap anarcho band ripping off Operation Ivy. Yeah, that's a cliche, isn't it? <laughs> well, you got, you got it out of the way early. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and then I learned to wash myself and shave and the rest is history. So you've... Oh, we've got some mobile phone interference, fucking keen amateurs here. Um, what I was trying to look for was uh, the list of songs that you have chosen by yourself um, from earlier on that we discussed. Uh, and you, 
that you've you've picked Danny off that first album. So if you can give us a bit of a the recording of the conception of that first album. <laughs> okay. I was, I was, the reason I picked that was because I was just trying to think of songs that weren't just going to be, so I met this girl really briefly, right? And so things didn't work out. So I wrote a song about it, blaming everyone but myself, you know? So, and Danny, you know, it's one of our more popular songs, I guess, if we ever had a popular song. But um, I like it because everyone always assumes it's about a guy, and it's not. It was actually about my uh, a housemate at the time's girlfriend, who I just couldn't fathom for the life of me how <laughs> how anybody could stand to be in the same room as her. I just found her the most irritating person in the world and just anyone I spoke to about it they were like no I just don't see it like what, what's wrong with you she's really nice like I just hate her and I had to get it out of my system that obviously I couldn't use her name or it seemed cruel to even make it a song about a girl and people wouldn't understand all that she was about a, a girlfriend or something so uh, yeah I made it so it sounded like a guy so therefore it's a bit more forgiving to be <laughs> Such a nasty prick about it, I suppose. Well, there you um, go. You heard it. You heard it here first, I suppose. There you go. <laughs> so th- that album, then, because there's quite a lot of tracks on it. What year was that? Oh God, I should have fucking researched this. Uh, yeah, you think I'd know? It's just about fifteen years old. I wanna, yeah, I want to say two thousand and six. I want to say. Um, it's so, something like that. So that was Is you. That, think... You'd moved to guitar by then. And singing, yeah, and and um, yeah. Tom Stretcher on the old bass guitar, yeah, and obviously Jess was still there. Um, what? Where did you record that one? We recorded that the full album at uh, Dubrek. Oh, one right. of, its of course, of course, of course, you did. Yeah, and and I just, I so regret the sound of that album. I just think it sounds absolutely shit. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what then, I'll tell you what, we'll let everyone else have a listen to Danny and then we'll we'll talk afterwards. Uh, What I'll probably do is go straight into uh, the next song, which will be Out of My Mind as it's chronological. Wanna work in the morning? I've been 
Waco now See my brains falling out my head yeah. Can't get anything right So I went to see the doctor Wanna do the thing that we did that night? But since you went away, nothing been alright. Yeah, you make my minute melt away. Just the strokes are reason crazy. And now the dreams turn into hearts and not you. See me in the street. Retired on my TV. Can't remember me of me. In the morning, I've been awake all night. Then my brain's falling out. Can't get anything right. I went back to see the Right, so you heard Danny there off the first Atoms album, uh, Staying True with the Atoms, uh, and then it went straight into uh, Out of My Mind, which is from the next album, Surf Derby, which is, I've got to say, my personal favourite. But before, uh, and if you want to, Joe, um, before we move on to Surf Derby sort of era, can you tell us a story about the font uh, and... <laughs> The layout the, um, of, of staying true, please, because oh, it's a good story, and uh, it, it, it's. Uh, I'll put a picture on the Facebook so everyone can can see it. Okay. <laughs> uh, most times of our, our covers have just been like a history of disasters. The, the first album was actually bizarre. We did um, an unmixed version of a song because a guy called Phil, who started Stress Records, who went on to do Stress Sumo, and he's actually been quite successful with it all. He um, put together a Stress Records compilation with one of our songs on it. And he sent this around. He worked really hard. And uh, Radio 1 got a copy. And they could have picked any of the, I think there's about 25 bands on the album. Uh, and some of them were really professional, like indie bands who spent loads on recording and take themselves really serious. And, uh, and Steve Lamack and, and a few other people uh, uh, picked, picked our like really unmastered, badly mixed version of one of our songs and like we're, we're playing it on radio between like White Stripes and Bon Jovi on like rock shows and stuff. And it was just dead funny because I felt bad because some of these people tried so hard and, uh, you know, and that song particularly, I, I, is, you know, 
if you listen to it, we all know it's a total rip-off of a, of a Riverdale song anyway. Um, it's not the most fun original song that I've been part of, and, uh, and all of a sudden we got blown up. Anyway, so Phil, Phil wanted to put our album out. I was like, yeah, of course. Uh, we recorded the album, and then I was still waiting on the artwork to be done, because this girl who I won't name uh, said she'd, she'd finish it, and she'd just finished a degree in, like, 1950s artwork. So I told her, I was like, oh, this is how perfect. I told her what I wanted, and she basically dragged her heels for three months, and then Phil was like, I need it. Everything's ready to go. Where's the fucking artwork? And so I told her, and she basically knocked it up that night as quick as she possibly could. And uh, and the font on the record is actually the uh, font from uh, Neighbours, the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> and all the whole artwork just looks absolutely shocking. Yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> But yeah, I'll, I'll put I'll put that on there because I, I didn't notice till you told me, and then now I can't see anything else when when yeah, I look I've, at it. I've actually been putting together for some label that asked me sort of like a, a best of, and I've been speaking to Jess recently, and she sent me loads of old photos from that photo shoot. And you go, it's kind of conflicting because it brings back loads of memories, and it, it was quite nice to see. But that fucking artwork, just absolute dog shit. It's, <laughs> it's it quite is, the yeah. Best. <laughs> <laughs> the album's not too bad either could have changed your life that stress comp you were talking about I think I, I texted you when it happened but I was working away and I was in some fucking backwater in the southwest or somewhere and I found this one pub that had one of them internet jukeboxes and I searched the atoms and that comp and that song came up on yeah, the jukebox yeah. so I annoyed all these turnip crunchers by playing that and so there you go that that's my uh, stress records comp story. So we're now in surf derby time. If you want to talk about just leaving, that's fine. If you don't, you don't have to. Oh, it's fine. Uh, it, it, it sucked at the time because it really, you know, there was there was so much interest, and, and like people people can say it's cynical. I'm sure if anyone listens to this, someone's going to think I'm a dick or possibly come for me for this, but. <laughs> If you've got a girl in the band, there's a certain amount of uh, attraction your band instantly gets for it, and and it was ridiculous. It really was. We were getting, um, we were asked to play like riot girl fests and like all these like strong feminist rallies of that were all all girl bands playing. And and now for me, I was like, well. Do we fit in this? But, but it was it, it was Jess, to be clear on this, was like, why the fuck would I play that? Like, we're not like that. We're just... It's, it's, she's like, I'm the drummer and sings backing vocals, and it's just you singing about fucking girls, so why the hell would we play this kind of stuff? So we were very much uh, not going to go and do that kind of thing. Well, well I, you know, it can confirm this. Um, everyone knew who the Atoms were, and if people were a bit unsure, you say that one with... The girl drummer. In fact, I was in a recording studio in Nottingham with one of my old bands, um, and this was a long time after Jess left, and it was before, just before my first, my first hint of being in the Atoms myself. Um, and and I, the sound engineer bloke said, "Oh, are you in anything else?" And I says, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm on paper. I'm in the Atoms. We haven't had a practice yet. I play the drums." And he, he was like, "Oh, you don't, you don't look like a girl." I was like, well, no, I'm not one. And they've got a bloke drummer now, and that was years ago. <laughs> so it definitely yeah. stuck. Yeah, it was It was a weird... And, and I, I need to be clear that I was, I'm not even 
it's not like a bitter thing about it. At the time, there was people from like actual magazines that they're like national magazines going, "Oh, I want to interview you." And you go, oh, this is great. This is brilliant. So we'd, we'd all go down to various pubs or whatever in Nottingham, and some guy who would inevitably be a fair bit older than us would just sit there and buy us all a drink, me and Billy Big Balls, and then just sit there and just chat Jess up all night whilst recording it, claiming he's going to put this out as an interview. And it was just basically people kind Sorry, of... Sorry, I just got to write that down. Sounds like... <laughs> it's just... It was mental, honestly. There must have been about three or four of them like that, where we'd just been sat there. And, and, and she'd be like, going, well, you know, Joe wrote the song, so why don't you ask him? And then the guy reluctantly asked me something, and then just kind of, it just felt like I was just talking to thin air. It was just so weird. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I, I, I digress too much on that. It was very strange. But after so long, I think Jess was in... The garage rock and roll thing was really big in Nottingham at the time, and and Jess got massively in with those people, and I was uh, kicking and screaming to refuse to uh, go completely down that route, as it were. Yeah. And uh, and then, and then one day, but there was just you know, it's that what I've learned the telltale signs is all of a sudden this gig's being cancelled constantly by band members, and you go, I see where this is going. And then really, what pissed me off about that is you quit the band by a text message to me, like. At this point, we'd been in the band together for about seven or eight years, and she uh, just texted me saying she wouldn't do it anymore. And you go, it's a bit, bit, bit strong, you know. And um, and then that was it. Basically, everyone assumed that the band had split up, uh, and and we just stopped getting booked for anything. But obviously, the first thing I did was try and uh, find a find a drummer to play. And um, one of the people that I met when well, when I first been in Derby a few years was uh, Tim Jennings who was another guy who doesn't like punk music at all he's got no interest in it whatsoever he, 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 and he plays in a lot of like arty them, them shit rock bands that you get that claim they're like jazz but really they just sound like intros to Black Sabbath <laughs> just go nowhere he does he does that kind of you know chin scratching rock um, but really like, people, uh, chin scratching rock right yeah uh, but, but I don't give a shit Deep down, he knows that he'd rather be playing in Motley Crue because that's where his heart is. Is just in big, dick-waving 80s rock music. It really is. But uh, he was a, cra- a cracking drummer. He's a really nice guy. I, I really, really get on with him. But, uh, you know, but- we all make choices. But, yeah, when he was in the band, it was incredible. When, when we recorded that, that album, it wasn't to be an album. It was supposed to be a, recording a track or two for a, a Groovy Goldies compilation at the time. And we just set everything up. And when the first album, it took us over a day to record Jess's drums. Uh, whereas recording this, we hit record. And in the first take, he nailed the Groovy Ghoulies song. And the second take, he did the next Groovy Ghoulies song. You go, well, well, we're set up now. Let's let's see where this leads. Let's record this then. And we basically recorded everything that we possibly knew. And he nailed every single song in the first take. It was absolutely incredible. Um, and Jay Dubrek originally agreed to give us a discount to record the album. But because we nailed the drums, the guitar and the bass on the first day, he insisted he never agreed to a, uh, a discount and charges full price because of uh, how bloody well rehearsed we turned up. But yeah, Tim absolutely nailed it. But obviously, well, he's no. a much more of a tighter professional drummer, but uh, he, he, he doesn't have those awesome, incredible girl vocals. So it completely changed the band, really, I thought. It, it did. 
It did. And, you know, at the time, like, I, th- I think, you know, you and I lost touch for for a few years. And then and, and when I heard that you were still going and you had a bloke, I thought, oh, well, you know, that's not going to be as as mass appealing. But I heard that album and I was like, fuck, this is really good. <laughs> and, and, you oh. know, and you, you should not being patronising, you should be very proud of it because it's really good. Um, Thank you, Barry. And and you know, the, the, some of the songs are just yeah, they're just fantastic. Um, so we had that that album, that was that was great. Um, and then some other stuff happened. Other people left, didn't they? <laughs> oh, geez, there. Who was the next one to leave? Oh, well, it must have been Tom. No, it was, was no, it couldn't have been. It was it was Tim first because otherwise I wouldn't have been there, would I? Oh shit! Yeah, of course. It was Tim. Yeah, uh, he just with the Tim thing. It's kind of kind of weird. He's, he just, just his heart wasn't into it, and then there was the whole. Uh, <laughs> I think one day on stage, he just he just couldn't be asked to even play or turn up, and then we played a gig, and it was going fine. But I think for some reason. And as, as you well know, and we constantly, I constantly have it thrown in my face at practices by uh, your good self. And uh, Johnny is apparently I could turn around and call him a twat on stage. I was there. I was there. It was the queers at the old bell. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. And that's when uh, afterwards, you, you, you know, I saw you for the first time in about ten years, and you, you asked me, and I said I was moving to Derby, and you said you want to be in the band, and I said, yeah, but if you ever call me a twat on stage, I'm gonna go. So don't fucking do it. <laughs> and, and I still haven't to this day. No, so. no, not yet. Um, not yet. And then, so. and then Tom Stretcher decided he had had enough. And then, what did he? <laughs> anyway, yeah, well, we've got, let, let's let's scoot over the uh, the, the Stretcher uh, saga. That's fine. That that's an episode in itself. So, <laughs> what we'll do then is, um, I'm I'm a touch touch hurt. That you uh, didn't choose a song um, from perhaps uh, a key era of the Atoms, the AG EP, because I played on that. So um, it would look a bit lame though if we played something off that and I was doing this. So um, what we'll do now is we shall play. I'm going to have a stroke um, and then we'll have a little chat about the Bang Up to Date recording in America and then we'll, then we'll leave it. So this is going to be, I'm going to have a stroke. What album is this off, Joe, if it's... Uh, this is off the album that isn't out yet. This is the one that's, that's going to be coming out in, hopefully, in September, so I'm told. And is also on the 7-inch we put out on Missing Think Records um, called uh, Pretty Good at Fucking Up. Um, nice.
So uh, that was going to have a stroke um, from that 7-inch on Missing Fink slash album that's not out yet, which we are eagerly awaiting. Is that coming out on a label, Joe? <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it is. It is. There's, there's... Let's just say that that one's a little bit com- complicated at the minute, but it should definitely be coming out on Monster Zero Records for certain on uh, LP and CD and hopefully on... Also, on a, there's a Japanese label and another UK label, but I won't mention it all just yet because it just gets... No. Just in case I look like an idiot and it doesn't come through. They're still know, putting stuff out on CDs. Who buys fucking CDs now? Well, I know, I know, but the problem is is that you go, oh, who wants to put my album out? And because it's now, it's completely reversed and it's so bloody expensive to put out an album on record... Uh, whereas I can go to a place in bloody Derby and get them to knock me up 50 CDs for about, you know, 45 quid post paid, and you can easily bang them out at five or a time, and you're making easy money on it to those that buy it. But uh just sounds shit on CD, doesn't it? We all, we all know records just sound better. And it's, I'll tell you it's what, I listened to a CD the other day for the first time, and I literally cannot remember <laughs> how long. It was uh, the very best of Motorhead. And that, I just got that out and put it Best on one day. Album. Best of Motorhead, yeah. And that was the last first time I touched a CD in three, four years. Easy. Easy. No, I, anyway. I actually took a CD player on for the first time in, I, I, like you say, just, just bloody ages. But because loads of people have given me CDs that haven't come out on record, I and mean, I've just been having a couple of sessions late at night just... Uh, Playing them all back to back and, uh, and, and enjoying them, but yeah, I, I, I mean, might have to do which that. Which is great. There's loads of new music, but it's not as good. Doesn't sound as good. We all know it's true. Yeah, I, I might have to get some CD. I'm looking up all now. Uh, right. Anyway, <laughs> after that, anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> music media rant. Uh, so, Monster Zero. This won't be your first Monster Zero release as a full length, will it? Take us through the personnel and. Writing, recording, Monster Zeroing of Internet Dating for Beginners, which is also a really good album. Uh, I, 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 it's my personal least favourite of everything I've ever done in my life. Well, that's a shame. Um, well, it was, it was, the, it was more that I was, I was an absolute wreck at the time. <laughs> Truth be told, I was a mess. I was basically working in, a, in an independent little pub where I was left to my own devices. So most of that album was wrote by me um, once people had left the pub and I was drinking on shift and then the shift had finished and I'd shut the pub and I was just like living in a shared house that I didn't really want to go back to and most of my stuff um, was actually in the cellar of the pub 
just uh, there. So I just would end up drinking and go, you know what I'm going to write a song and I'll just go and get my acoustic guitar from the cellar of the pub and just sit in that pub until the uh, sun came up uh, writing songs. Um, which in theory, oh, isn't that just nice and poetic? But it was just, it was just shit and miserable. You know what I mean? And I, I was sat there, it was, it was in the, the Smithfield pub and I'm just watching the, the bus drivers clock off their shifts and start again. And there's like a business upstairs and honestly, it was only when I saw the people turning up to go to the business upstairs, I go, oh shit, I need to get out of here, or they'll bloody tell my boss, and you know, then I'll get fired. So I'll just drink up, go home, get my head down, and then just repeat the next the process. But uh, it was a it was a, a particular messy point in my life. Um, but yeah, and I just think that once again, the recording and everything wasn't particularly great. But or maybe I just hate listening to that album because it reminds me of a shit point in my life. That, that's what I was but, just um, about to say. I mean, you know, looking at it. Uh, from an outside point of view, there's a couple of songs on there that, that me and you and Johnny, um, what I jokingly refer to as the classic lineup, um, we, we we practice a few of them, uh, and and they're they're really good songs. Uh, that that cover that's on there is is fantastic. I didn't realise it was a cover. Um, Wrong side of the bar. I really enjoy. Oh, yeah, I really really enjoyed that. I I think it's a good uh, good bit of good bit of kit because I know you've been not wanting to be on Monster Zero but you've been mixing in those circles as a band for oh, for, God, yeah. no, for decades and, and it was about fucking time to be honest yeah no it was it was good but at the time I remember because we had most of it down to do an album whilst you were still in the band and then obviously uh, you went to procreate and follow your career and do things that weren't be in my bloody band so you were like <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. You know, in, I'm back in now, everybody. Don't get, worry. Get your priorities sorted, Tom. I'm glad to see you finally woke up. You know, <laughs> um, but yeah. And then you were like, "Well, I could still record the album, but I got so sick of every album that I ever did. Pretty much would come out, and the lineup had already changed by it came out. So I was like, I just don't want to do that again. So then, that's when um, we got Gaz involved, and um, and honestly, we gave him about three weeks worth of practice to learn the entire album. And he, he, he was more of a drunk mess than I believed he was. And we, and we literally, oh my God, we were supposed to, when we went to start recording the album, he decided to stay at his girlfriend's house, who I think kicked him out. Then he came to mine, and we started drinking. And it, honestly, it got to, the sun was coming up, it must have been about seven, eight o'clock in the morning. And we had to be at the studio at ten, so we put our heads down for a bit. And we got in, it was winter, we got in his van, and it was snowing, and thankfully the studio was nearby, so we massively broke the law and nearly died getting to the studio. Then Jay shouted at us, going, how many times do you guys get drunk? And how many times do you guys get an opportunity to record an album? Why did you get pissed last night? And so we got told off for it, and then uh, basically felt like naughty school kids had had the album out as quick as we possibly could. Uh, Yeah. He fucking charges by the hour, don't he? The more hungover you are, the better for him. It's going to take you longer. Yeah, well, you know. But I think that just shows he had your best interests at heart there. Didn't he? Didn't he? So, again, that album, Internet Dating for Beginners, uh, is on Monster Zero. Um, I think it's on streaming sites, isn't it? And you can get it from yourself. Uh, Artwork's fantastic. Uh, Come a long way since since the old Neighbours font. Um... (laughs) The best artwork by far 
It is. It's it's really good. It's really good uh, and and quite funny. Um, so we've got about two and a half, three minutes left. Uh, let's let, let's talk. Bring it up to date. America, when you went over there to record what's going to be the new album. Okay. Um. So I, as normal, I often think that okay, I'm gonna just stop doing this band now because I can't be honest with it. And um, out of the blue, um, I get an email from Joe Queer, who I, I've never understood why he even likes me or gives me the time of day. It's kind of a weird thing. I try, you know, it's not a it's genuinely not a bragging thing. I've always had his email address. I never email him because I go, why the fuck would he want to hear from me? Uh, and I see pictures of him all over the world that people send me where he's in his Atoms t-shirt, which he's had for 15 years. And he just emailed me out of the blue saying it's finally fell apart and he needs a new one. And so I try my luck and just go, well, you know, you're not getting it for free. I'll, I'll swap you. And he said he agreed. And he just sent me like a box of, uh, I think I think about about six different T-shirts and some CDs. And then we started chatting. And he goes, oh, I'd love to record you guys. I'll do it for free. But I know it's expensive for you to come over here. And so I jokingly put it to the other two in the band. And they both went, yeah, that's great. Okay, let's, let's just get this sorted and book it and go record an album. So... We booked it for about 11 months' time to go and actually uh, record it. Um, yeah, and then we, Jesus Christ, I, I <laughs> in, in, not to go into too much detail, I was so fucking sick of one of the members of the band for like before this even started. Uh, and then with him nearly killing us on several occasions and just, oh, so much dumb, horrible shit that we probably, I just shouldn't really get into. Um, but then we were still there then going, well, you know, if I kick you out of the band and we have a big fallout before we go, we're not going to get to record this album, so I just need to shut my face. Uh, and then we went over there and it was like, it, it should have been the trip of a lifetime to go and record an album with fucking Joe Queer. And, and part of it was, but the entire thing was massively tainted for me by just just the sheer, the sheer fucking disdain for somebody who's just absolutely went over there and just, it felt like he went out of his way to just ruin the entire experience. It really did. Uh, well, I'm, can I, I'm, again, outside point of view, posi- positive <laughs> note, it, it's, it's, it's a really good album and it sounds, it sounds fantastic. It sounds like a band that's been going for 20 years. Um, not in, not in a bad way. Album. It's the, it's the best songs we've, we've best book of songs we've done by far. And, you know, I'm Agreed. Saying that. I just, I know it is. And I'm really happy with it. And I can't wait for it to come out. And, you know, we, Joe Queer, there's a last minute thing. I managed to even <laughs> convince him to sing lead vocals on one of the songs, which is, which is incredible. Um, yeah. And it was, and, you know, he was such a fucking great guy and it was, a, it was a really good experience to go and do, but pretty much we, uh, we had a massive bust up over there. <laughs> Uh, and we pretty much agreed that we'd do about two more gigs with that lineup, and that was it. And then uh, we'd 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 call it a day and part our uh, part our ways, and that's when I think uh, our good friend Dan Murphy was uh, asking us on our New Year's Eve pub crawl about what was going on with the albums. I was like, well, that's not on yet. I don't have to be honest with this anymore. And uh, and you and Johnny were sat there and overheard and went, well, we'll we'll fucking do it again. So. Uh, 
Yeah, here we are. Here we are. Gone full circle almost. Um, <laughs> but, you know, all right, j- just before we go, let, let's, let's, so we've got an album coming out. Um, is it as yet untitled? Uh, it, <laughs> it's called uh, Lowbrow Hi-Fi. That, that's good. See, I'm, I'm in the fucking band. I didn't even know that. So there you go. There's an exclusive for you. Uh, that's coming out on Monster Zero and some other uh, outlets across across the globe. Um, we've got internet dating for beginners. Joe uh, was having a bad time, but it made a, a pretty good album. Um, Surf Derby. Uh, yeah, there's a whole raft of stuff there. If you just search the Atoms Derby or the Atoms Punk. Um, you're, it's on you're, all the streaming sites as well. Yeah, you'll find it. And, and what we'll do is we'll end on... Uh, in a second, we'll end on um, I Hope She Dies. Um, which is from that uh, as yet unreleased album. And then we'll go from one criminally underrated Joey to another and I'll play a song by the Vindictives called Alarm Clocks from their 1993 single release on Lookout Records, which I've got here, so I'll I'll, I'll just drop that in after. But just before you go... um, That's my favourite Vindictive song, just to be clear. Well, well, I didn't know that, you see, and I I like it as well. There you go. It's a good one, isn't it? Um, what, what's what in your opinion? You know, post coronavirus, what's going to happen with gigs? Because you know, people are stressing about. Oh, I won't be able to go and watch Foo Fighters at fucking Wembley or whatever. And then there's there's me and you and our sort of select little group of twats around the world who, who used to play into five people, but places aren't going to put gigs on. I mean. Do you have any sort of forecasts, visions of the future? It's going to be a long... I mean, I'm not being funny. You know, like with the whole pub thing and everything. You go, oh, you, you like drinking, you'll be back at the pub soon. I'm like, fuck, you won't. <laughs> nope. I'm in touch with breweries. I, I, I've got local breweries bringing me beer to my house. I'm a professional. I'm not a dickhead that's going to go to sit in the pubs whilst all this shit's still going on. I'm not stupid at the end of the day is how I feel about that. And, and, and gigs are going to be the same. Like it's, it's going to be a long time off until people want to go stand next to sweaty, drunk strangers again. I can't. I think just if, if, if that's your thing, just go and stand near a fucking supermarket at the minute. It's disgusting. But all I can say is, is when when is when this is all over, and just the most beautiful sight I think I can imagine is that there's just going to be at the square of every major city in the world, just like a massive bonfire of just acoustic guitars just burning because no one's ever going to fucking touch one again because I'm so sick of shit acoustic online things. I've even done some. But you go, it's, oh, oh, look, I'm doing this because you miss gigs. I don't care. I don't, I don't want another soulful acoustic song about how you in your house and you're not happy about it. I just, or, or here's your other side. No, I don't want that. I want to be with my mates at a gig drinking, smash up your acoustic guitars or, or, or write songs on them but never, ever play one live in front of anybody again because we, the world just doesn't need to witness anyone playing another acoustic guitar apart from silently in your bedroom on your own. Now, I, I think just to be safe, everyone should smash up their acoustic guitars anyway, just just to be on the safe <laughs> side, uh, regardless, because, yeah, I, I'm fucking sick of it as well. Um, I know it's a bit hypocritical because I'm sat here and I've, you know, bought a stupid fucking microphone and and i'm sat here in front of a computer on a saturday night but but you know i we all need something to do um 
and and like you say, jumping around, covered in sweat, and you know, accidentally falling over and getting kicked by loads of people probably isn't on the cards for a bit. So, all right, yeah. we're, on that bombshell, we're, we'll leave it. Um, but but yeah, thanks for your time, Joe. Uh, and thank you. It's been lovely. Uh, yeah, it's been quite good fun, hasn't it? All right. So here's them two songs. I hope she dies by the atoms and uh, alarm clocks by T Vindictives. See you in a bit. I hope she dies I know that she's your mom 
All right, then. Um, that was the first episode of the Midlife Punk podcast. Um, I think it went all right. Uh, usually at this point, moving forward, you know, I'll, I'll read out um, messages from you lot about gigs that are coming up. Ha ha ha. Um, any releases that are in the pipeline. So if you can uh, submit those via the page, Facebook page, that's Punk Rock Midlife. Uh, just give it a search. There's sort of a grey version of the uh, Black Flag logo uh, is the profile picture to look out for um and you know i I want you guys to to contribute and and start discussions and 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 yeah let's let's share what we're all doing in this uh very nice global punk scene that we've got going on um next time we've got uh nuneaton's melodic punks um shackleford uh being interviewed um so that should be ready in a week or so uh, maybe earlier uh so i do hope you'll um join us then thanks for your time like it share it comment on it rate it do whatever you can because um this is my first time and uh yeah all help is appreciated cheers thanks for getting uh rad with the fat lad.